0: This is Glenn Healy. Hi, this is Braden Holpe.
1: This is Daryl Sutter.
0: Hi, this is Brian Burke.
2: This is Jordan Tutu.
0: This is Keith Morrison. This is Kelly Rudy. Hi, this is Scott Hartnell. Hey,
2: everybody. My name is Steele Fleury. This is Tim McAuliffe of Sportsnet, and you're listening to the Sean Newman Podcast.
1: Hey, folks. Welcome to the podcast. Happy Hump Day, Wednesday. Great day. Hope everybody's having a great week. Um, We got a double tap on store for you today. Uh, We start with DJ King. And uh, then we followed up with Mr. Morgan Mann. But before we get to all of that, let's get to today's episode sponsors. Jim Spenrath and team over at Three Trees Tap and Kitchen. I'm always suggesting you follow them on social media. That's, I don't know, if you like winning things, they're giving away gift cards every single week to their followers. Just follow them on social media. Simple as that. Interact. And uh, you got a chance at winning free food or free beverages if uh you so choose with your gift cards. Just saying. Uh, the uh, the other thing that a guy should point out is uh, the growlers. You can get uh, Ripstone Creek 4th Meridian filled uh, at three trees. You can get uh, your favorite beverage that's on tap in a growler. And if you're taking the misses out, do yourself a favor. Don't be like this guy. Call and book a reservation, 780-874-7625, because they are always uh, busy. That is uh, something that Jim Spenrath and the team do extremely well. They treat their customers right. So don't be like me call and book ahead, all right? Mac Construction, they've been doing business locally for over 12 years with over 100 homes completed. Mac Construction is a design, build, custom home building operation that is specialized in in constructing custom homes, cottages, and RTMs throughout the and community since 2008. In addition to custom home building, they do uh, extensive renovations to residents and light commercial work. So if you're looking to build your dream house, head to macconstruction.ca and look no further. HSI Group, they're the local oil field burners and combustion experts that can help make sure you have a compliant system working for you. The team also offers security, surveillance, and automation products for residential, commercial livestock, and agricultural applications. I always talk about the fob, uh, access to the door. I know I've heard other people talk about uh, uh, going away from home and, and having the ability to pull it up on their cell phone and see what's actually going on at the house. Essentially, they use technology to give you peace of mind so you can focus on the things that truly matter. Uh, give Brody or Kim a call today, 306-825-6310, or heck, just stop in, 3902 52nd Street here in Lloydminster. Uh, Jen Gilbert and Team 44. Over 45 years, since 1976, the dedicated realtors of Coldwell Bank or Cityside Realty have served Loy Minster and the surrounding area. They give you star power, providing their clients with seven-day-a-week access. Service is a priority because they know big life decisions are not made during office hours. There's no truer sentence than that. Big life decisions always seem to come at just awkward times. And did you know when it comes to rental properties, they are the biggest licensed residential property management company in the city of Lloydminster. They deal with over 250 rental units. We're talking houses, apartments, and condos. So check them out if you are looking uh, at renting a place. They know that home is truly where the awesomeness happens. That's Coldwell Banker Cityside Realty for everything real estate, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Give them a call, 780-875-3343. If you uh, have checked out the s billboard across from home, uh, the airport now, Uh, That is the talented work of Read&Write Advertising. Um, They also have my wall quote and my logo. Uh, If you're looking to get some outdoor signage, give them a call, 306-825-5111. And finally, Gartner Management is where the podcast is located. Uh, He specializes in all types of rental properties to help meet your needs, whether you're looking for a small office or a 6,000-square-foot commercial space. Give Wade Gartner a call a day, 780-808-5025. And if you head into any of these places, let them know you heard about them from me. All right. Now, let's get on to that T-Bar 1 tale of the tape. Originally from Lake, Saskatchewan, he won a Memorial Cup with the Kelowna Rockets, was drafted in the sixth round by the St. Louis Blues in the 2002 NHL Entry Draft. He played 118 games in the NHL with 33 Tillies against some of the heaviest of the heavies. Now you can find him driving in the CPCA. I'm talking about DJ King. So buckle up, because here we go.
2: This is DJ King. Welcome to the Sean Newman podcast.
1: Welcome to the Sean Newman podcast today. I'm joined by Mr. DJ King. So it's uh, thanks for hopping on.
2: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, uh, this, awesome. is
1: a, this is a little different than having you chase me around the rink. That's for sure. But I mean, geez, none of us have been on the ice now in what feels like a lifetime.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's uh, I I don't know. My my gear was uh, got burnt in that that uh, fire that happened here in Metal Lake. So who knows? Maybe it, that'll be the a sign to hang her up for the rest for good now.
1: Well, that'll be sad news because I, I know people uh, dr- uh, came out in droves to watch you play in the Saskalt. I'm sure it was. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like every kid that leaves their hometown to come back and suit up for the hometown is is pretty cool in later stages, especially here in Saskatchewan
2: yeah i mean it was we were we were pumped for their season this year too uh just uh my brother uh retired now too so he was he's he was, he was going to be home also so i thought i uh, might as well play play another year with, with <laughs> yeah, so play with my bro so that would have been pretty cool just to play play some senior hockey with him so just uh like you said just just to hang out with the boys and kind of like give back to the community for sure uh
1: how many year like how far away is dwight from you in age
2: he's five years younger yeah so he's uh he's uh 31, 32. Yeah.
1: So in other words, uh, the reason I ask is I got three older brothers. We, uh, we got to suit up a couple of times in senior hockey growing up. Then you didn't probably play much with Dwight.
2: No, not at all. We, we just, we were far enough apart that we never did play each other uh, or play with each other, but uh, we did play against each other. When, when he turned pro there, he, uh, he had an exhibition game there when he was 18 and we played against when I was in St. Louis. And then uh, later on, we played a few games against each other and up in the pro pro leagues.
1: Did you uh did you give him the business, or did you get any shifts against him?
2: No, we had a couple of shifts against each other there. Uh, I know he uh, he had you know one there once in the wall there on that that first game there in St. Louis there he he had a little crack at me that was kind of good, and then uh and then just little plays that you remember just one time during uh just he just back checked hard on me and stole the puck of me once and he kind of chirped me back as he stole the puck. <laughs> Yeah, no, but like you said, like I said, you, you get in the game and you kind of, you don't really realize what's going on, but there, there was the instance where we definitely were face-to-face and just kind of chit-chat during the game.
1: Now you mentioned the fire in Meadow Lake. I'm sure by now most people have heard that the, the arena burnt down. Um, I know from my senior hockey days, coming and playing in that building, uh, I don't know, it was electric. It was fun to come and play in Metal Lake. but w- what exactly happened, DJ? Could you fill us in?
2: Yeah, I think they're still learning. I think it, what they're thinking is it was might have been arson, is what they're thinking. But they're they're still uh, they're still they never feel uh, finalized that for sure yet. But like I said, it was it was a blow to the community where uh, that, that there was a fire that started in the back corner of the rink there, and it kind of just and then it just took the whole rink down there. So it'll be uh, it'll be 100 lost there for sure. So just uh, I was out of town that weekend, and then just just all the all the cell phone pictures and all that as it was burning down it was just it was wasn't a good one to watch that's for sure
1: did uh any chance like any of the jerseys made it out any of the memorabilia or was that all gone
2: i i think they were just redoing the like the the, the process of the our lobby there in Metal Lake. they're just redoing a bunch of stuff there they're putting up some new jerseys and all that um i don't think they got the ones that were like over the rink itself like those ones but they were just putting like myself and my brother and como's jerseys all the other other ones up in the in the lobby we were just doing a facelift there and i i do think they got a bunch of those ones saved that they they were just putting up in the lobby there so um i'm not 100 percent sure how many but I, I know that they did say they saved a few
1: that's tough yeah. the, the history of that rink like i i don't know coming from small town saskatchewan um The stories of the Metal Lake boys are are pretty, I don't know, legendary, so to speak. There's a lot of great hockey players that have come out of your area. A lot of tough hockey players that have come out of your area. I don't know what it is in the water.
2: water. Yeah, that's the that's what that's what everyone says. It's something in the water this way for sure. Grows them big over here, that's for sure. But like I said, it's for this community in Metal Lake, it it did produce a lot of pro hockey players, which was uh it was pretty cool. And like I said, it's uh it it's it's good that they um all of us give back to community and that it's something for these young kids growing up to kind of look up to and say, well, we could be the next one out of metal Lake for sure. No,
1: I'm pretty sure I've heard you say, or maybe I read it somewhere that minor hockey, all their stuff was in the rank. It got burnt. You guys are doing a, a fun run this, this weekend coming up. Is that correct for yeah, raising
2: some money? Yeah. yeah. We, uh, we our, our CPCA season will start next week. So we do have a week here before, uh, before we start. And we're, we're going to run our little fun run there at the, at the track in metal Lake and, and, uh, like I said, there was so much in that rink just besides the building itself that got lost. So minor hockey loses all their equipment from, from right from the, the little guys right up to midget there, they were all stored in the rink there. So, um, it's just something to start off and I'm sure we'll be doing, doing a lot more fun using it for, for what we can.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, uh, I'll say it one last time. That really sucks. That was a highlight last two years I played in Hillmont. We got to come up for your, your dance at Christmas time, have the building yeah. packed. We played you guys in playoffs back-to-back years had uh, the the stands packed. neither of us could seem to score many goals because we always went to like triple overtime and in that building you guys were hard to beat I believe you took us pretty much every time we were there especially in overtime Um, but it'll be I don't know I say it 10 times over that was a lot of fun playing in that building a lot and I'm sure for the local kids uh, that'll be a sad thing missed I mean the, the gear and the memorabilia is one thing I mean lots of that can be replaced jerseys can be replaced it's it's the building itself uh, you know walking in there and uh i don't know feeling that mojo man there was there was a, a lot of fun had there and that's just me speaking in the last couple of years i played there
2: yeah and i mean i'm mean, and there's there's a lot of guys just like yourself that they like senior hockey and all that kind of stuff they don't they just whatever we're going to play another hockey game and then all of a sudden they they get the metal got like crowd there and they're like whoa this is what people talk about and it, like you said it's uh it pumps them up pretty good, even as a visiting team. Visiting teams, uh, like in provincials, right? With that that three game series, there they they actually preferred doing the the having us with the home ice advantage there, just so they could play in front of that that full crowd there at the ring for sure.
1: Well, oh, that's I don't know how how does how does a senior crowd in Metal Lake compare? I mean, you've played in some pretty big stages. How how does it compare to to walking into St. Louis and having the fans go nuts in in, in that building compared to you know, it's like a partial, like a tiny little piece of the crowd, but Metal Lake, man, they were, well, they were hanging over the glass on us.
2: Yeah. I mean, and that's, and the biggest thing is it's, it's, uh, it, you could have, uh, 10,000 people in a $20,000 or 20,000 stadium. Right. And it doesn't seem like that many, but anytime you play in a a stadium, that's right full, like even the Metal Lake rink, like where it's it's standing room only, that's, it don't matter if it was 500 people and it was standing room or, or 4,000 people standing room. It's, it's, it's always cool when you're you're playing in a in a standing room only and and you can feel that energy from everyone in this in the stands for sure. So that's that's the the good feeling there was like you 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 could feel it just just because you could it was so jam packed in there all the time, right? So like it, it just it's just always so, so fun to play in front of a, a jam packed arena. That's for sure.
1: Now, I did the thing that I never I, I never watch the fight tapes, the YouTube videos. Uh, when I'm playing you, right? I, I even sat beside you in Kindersley for when you came back from Washington. I didn't do it then, but today I did it. And I went, thank God I didn't watch this before I played you because I watched you fight like all the heavies and I'm like, and here I am nipping at DJ's kneecaps, telling him what's what. And I'm like, if he got a hold of me, I'd be one dead ombre sitting on the old ice surface. You know, if you go back to the beginning of your career, was that always what you were? Were you were you like as a young guy? Were you were you the guy who walked in the corner and thumped on people, or did you slowly get turned into that?
2: No, I was I was always a power forward that put up pretty good numbers right, through minor hockey and all that. Was always one of the the top scorers on our team, right? Even in juniors, I, I put up pretty good numbers in juniors. But uh, being a big guy, right? Guys uh, guys come after you, and I'm not a guy to back down. So, and then I just. And the more I didn't back down, the more I beat up people, and I just could just kind of come on. I didn't go looking for it at the start. They, they come looking at the big guy, and, and then I just was – it just something I was gifted. I was be able to take them on and be, beat a lot of guys up, and then I just took advantage of it, right? It was, it was part of the game that was going to get me to the next level, so I just, uh, I just stayed with it, and I just worked hard at that, and that's what got me to the next level, so it wasn't a bad – I was fortunate enough to keep doing it.
1: What do you think of today's NHL? I'm always curious as a guy who made a living as you know bell rings out you go and you're you know you're taking on some well I keep saying heavies but I watched you fight Derek Bugar a couple times today and I was like oh man that is that is a giant of a man but there were yeah, some other guys in there too right like there you weren't uh fighting uh uh small fish by any stretch of the imagination
2: no like Parker Goddard like all those guys Peros like like you know what I mean I'm I'm not a small guy myself, but there's a lot of guys that made me look small too. So when they make me look small, they're pretty big dudes, that's for sure. But like I said, uh the game's changed so much since, since then. And it even changed from the the arrow I walked in. It was, you could see it kind of changing a little bit, just kind of as my, on my way out kind of thing. So uh it's, I, I don't agree with it, but it is what it is, right? That's just, it's it's not just hockey. It's our whole, our, our whole society is just changing. It's just, it, we're just uh the mentality we, we take in life nowadays is, is just it's just different right so I don't know if we're all just getting used to it or whatever but it's it's tough but it is what it is I guess it's just the way our the way we're raised now I guess the way the kids grow up in school and it's just it all starts pretty much right there and then it's that attitude that they're they're brought up in school right it's we're, we're a little bit softer nowadays for sure.
1: Mark Shafley would you suspend him?
2: No, nah, I don't think so. I mean, it's, I mean, I just, uh, I watched it a few times and it's, uh, it's, he, he, the kid put himself in a bad situation, right? So, I mean, if he wanted to get that, get that, is that the price he had to pay? I don't think it was nothing too serious there. Nothing crazy anyways. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, well, I keep saying that uh, the new NHL doesn't, um penalize the guy with the puck, right? So if the guy puts himself in a horrendous position, the guy without the puck has to hold up, even if it means yeah. giving up a goal. And that's the tough thing, right? Is they're not penalty they can't penalize that guy.
2: Yeah. It's uh the guys are changing so much. And I, I had a couple interviews about this too. Is uh it's it's those it's those suspensions. Right? It's the dollars that come out of their out of like every game that they're suspended, it's 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 money out of their pocket big time. So uh you can only do that so much i mean tom tom wilson does it more and more and more and he just he's giving away money left right and center but like i said there's that's what changes i mean it's it's not so much that like the, the game suspension all that but the more they take out of your pocket it, it definitely changes the game and like you said it's it's putting accountability on on the guy that's that's not not enough on the on the other person that's putting himself in that situation for sure
1: well i'm glad you bring up tom wilson he was my next on my list man he uh I don't even know what to say about the New York Rangers when he came bowling through, but uh, as a, as a guy, if you were sitting on the Rangers bench, you know, like George Larocque uh, tweeted out, you know, Rangers sign me, I'll take care of Tom Wilson. I assume you would have been over the bench awfully quick if Tom Wilson had done that and under your watch.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. And like I said, if uh, I, I I would be going after uh, like O V or something like, you know what I mean, Backstrom like that too, right? And like and then letting them know like. Ovi, this is just like there's only so much you can do with a guy, right? Like, know what I mean? But you you go start, you go go after their their superstars, and you make them feel Tom Wilson's gonna change his attitude pretty quick too, right? Like, like I said, there's there's you go after him, but if you go after their superstars and let them know why it's happening, those guys will start letting Tom Wilson to smarten up because they don't want to be playing into those situations all night either.
1: Yeah, the star players would be like, "All right, Tom, you you've made your point. Now I'm getting hacked. DJ's coming after me. I'm I'm tired of this."
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's the way the games change, right? There's, there's, there's no accountability anywhere. So like the, the star players on another team too, like they, they don't, they don't care, like whatever. But before they knew if if someone was acting up, they they pretty much knew someone was gonna come after them too, right? So that's the that's where the accountability is just not there in the game no more.
1: Now rewind the clock for me, cause I don't know the answer to this. Were you taken in the Bantam draft? Did Lethbridge take you in the Bantam draft, or did where you walk on? How how did? How did that happen nope. back in the day? I was,
2: I was I was a walk-on. Yeah, I had uh, I had two letters and to go to dub camps and one was way over in Tri City and one was in uh, Lethbridge. So obviously we took the half half the, the half <laughs> as far. So we took the seven-hour trip instead of the 14-hour trip. So that was where we went and I um, went to camp there and I, I signed that signed in camp there and I was with property of Lethbridge ever since that first camp.
1: Did you yeah. have to tussle in the first like when you walked in? You you mentioned you're the big guy. Everybody looks at the big guy and goes, "Let's see what this kid's made of." And then when they see what you're made of, then all of a sudden you kind of slide into the role of, you know, putting up points, but being a power forward and power forward even at that time was somebody who was not afraid to shed the mitts from time to time. Did you have to do that in in the training camp?
2: No, no, not not yet. I mean, we they we had Derek Parker there when I was in uh, when I was young and he was he was the fighter there and I was I just was I was just there as a power forward just uh, doing my thing and then First game, home opener and a couple like, after, like, I was, I went to camp, sign with him, but home opener in the next year when I made the team, um, we had a, we had a bench brawl and I just grabbed someone and I didn't know who. And next thing you know, it was, I was, I had one of the Calgary's tough guys. So I, I forget who it was. I got parents come up for the weekend to watch, to watch them hockey. I play a period. I get suspended for the the rest of the weekend. Um, next game, it was a line brawl and I end up fighting a, see seattle's tough guy uh, and then black and uh, and he he was signed with st louis too later i got to meet him too but um uh, and i just it just got paired up with three tough guys that i i, I did really well with and and that just just bench ball line brawl and then someone seen who was fighting the last two fights so they come after me and then that's why everyone just seen the the stats right Oh, well, look at who king fought he fought this guy this guy this guy so people kept coming after me and i wasn't the one to say no and i just kept doing good at it so that's pretty much Uh, halfway through that year kind of Derek Parker kind of lost his job and I kind of did the power forward slash all the fighting on the team too
1: you know you you talk about like well bench brawl you know line brawl (laughs) a those two things don't happen anymore if they did can you imagine the suspensions that come of it but two if you're a tough guy in the dub and you hear that and you hear this new guy named DJ King dusted up three of them the the writing's on the wall from that point on because if you're the tough guy walking into lethbridge you're going well let's take a run at this dj king kid because that's the way it works like as soon as you make a live that's like that's a small sample size but against those guys and doing all right or doing really good now everybody knows
2: yeah and that's exactly and that's what and that's what took off and that was uh as as, as that's what just started my career and that's what got me in nhl right got drafted that year and everything everyone everyone seen the names that i was doing and making my name for myself pretty quick there so it was uh it was the parents didn't like the like the fighting right at the start but uh they got they they come to accustomed to it after a while yeah
1: um you mentioned getting taken in the draft to 2002 by st louis there in the sixth round where was the draft that year uh
2: it was in montreal i think I didn't go to it anyways and I, I was uh I was uh I was actually we were doing a fun run in St. uh in that Ray Mitzwing's place there on his track there and I I was out riding there <laughs> the, that the, the day before my birthday was that same time and then uh Larry Klo calls me and I was just like uh I was I had mom and dad's there and I just uh, I just take a message and they're like oh I think you want to take this call and I was just like Like, so I come upstairs and I get the phone call and the GM of St. Louis, there talking to him for a bit. He was pretty busy. So he just kept her short. They said, well, we'll talk to you in a couple hours. We're still at the draft, but uh, congratulations, all that. So I just like, oh, woke me up pretty quick there after that. You know, just like, just kind of forgot about the draft that day.
1: (laughs) You forget about the NHL draft.
2: No, oh, no, I mean, I wasn't, I was just, I, I talked to a few teams. I didn't, I wasn't really, I didn't really think I was going to go anywhere to be honest. I was just like, ah, well, I never, I was just, I'll keep working hard, but that's, I wasn't, I didn't, I talked to probably four or five teams and that was about it. And I wasn't, I wasn't really projected to really go. So I was just kind of like, it is what it is, right? If I get drafted, great. But if not, I'm still going to keep working hard and try to try to get there anyway, still, right? Like a lot of people don't, don't get drafted and still make it there. Just like like I wasn't a bantam draft. Right. So it was just, uh, I wasn't, uh, didn't really think I was going to get drafted to be honest.
1: Was St. Louis on your radar? Or were they one of the teams that had talked to you?
2: Yeah, they were. Yeah. Yeah. They were St. Louis. I mean, then, but like if Phoenix was the one that I thought I was going to get drafted to, but then, then just, uh, just, I talked to him quite a bit the most, but it just, St. Louis was the one that took me. So it was, it was a perfect fit for me, especially with Quinville being the coach there at the time he was, uh, he was there for my first couple of years and he got me in there as a young kid and like 19 years old, I stayed there right till right to opening day. And that's pretty much where I, like they said, well, I don't know if you can handle the big boys yet as 19 year old, but so that was, uh, but he gave me all that experience there as a, as a young kid there. So, and and most thing is confidence, right? He get They gave me so much confidence as a young age that uh, I, I, I really believed I could, I could come back and make the NHL there at that young age. So, uh that we had the lockout when i was 20 and then i was back and we were playing i was playing pro at 22 yeah
1: i didn't realize you you'd had quinville as a coach he's gotta be and i mean obviously you saw it firsthand you speak very highly of him but i mean barry trotz coach q is there many better than those two
2: no i mean i and i've i've had i've had quite a few coaches over my over my career for sure but like i said uh it's uh they, they can make you or break you a coach. You know what I mean? And especially at a young age there coming in, they, they he, um, he had a lot of confidence in me and he, and just the way he was just, just, uh just you go work hard, he will treat you good. Right. That's the meat and potatoes kind of thing. And this, as long as you, as long as you put in the effort, he was, he was there for, he had your back kind of thing. So um, that's the biggest thing. And then it's, it's not just in hockey. It's everywhere, right. It's confidence. And he, he gave me that confidence right at the young age there. And uh, it, it that's what got me into the NHL. That's for sure.
1: You remember your first training camp? You're saying at 19, he kept you right till opening day. was who? Were who the big guys on St. Louis at the time? Keith Kichuk? And... Yeah, well,
2: I was there for my first year. But Melon, like Scott Mellonby was there. El McKinnis was there when I was. I went to camp. So when I was 18, I I, I got uh, was my first pro camp, and okay. I was just thought I was just gonna go to the the. The young guys camping that not make main camp they didn't take too many main they took their first second rounders right but 18 they 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 we went to Traverse City had that young the the prospects tournament there most 90 percent of the guys go home after that right all of a sudden they, they they 18 years old they said well you might as well come to main camp and I was like oh he smokes that's pretty cool like just whatever so then you beat the McInnes the pronger that he was there smelling smellenby uh, Smell B, uh Kachuk, like uh, Jackman was there. Well, those guys like Doug Waite, like all those guys. And then, um, I just was there for a quick three day camp. And then I was, I was sent back to Lethbridge, but then come back 19 year old. I was like, okay, I'll make camp and I'll see if I can maybe sneak in an exhibition game or something. Right. <laughs> three exhibition games. Right. The opening night was the next night. And then they, they sent me home back to, uh, to Lethbridge. So they, they had to cut down eh? They had to make the roster. And I wasn't, uh, I couldn't go down to the minors because I was too young to go to minors, right? So, it was that was pretty good confidence booster right there too. So I was I got like I scored and scored a goal in ex- exhibition games. I got in a fight. I did it all in the, those ones. Yeah, I fought John Erskine there as 19. Reed Lowe was like, I don't know if you want to be messing with this guy. He's pretty strong. And I was like, well, I'm not going to back down. I'm going to keep doing my thing. And we had a pretty good tilt there when I was 19. Yeah.
1: And who was that against, John Erskine?
2: Yeah. John Erskine. Yeah. He was with Dallas. And then I actually later on played with him in uh, Washington. We had a good, uh, we were buddies in Washington there for a year.
1: That's a name that I just don't even recognize. I'm going to have to go look this up now.
2: Yeah. Big D man. Yeah. Big D man. He's from Ontario and he is. I got to,
1: I got to know some things. Cause I, I started digging on your uh, career. Like, and I go back, it's uh, you know, when you play senior hockey, when any team brings in the X NHL or any team brings in the X tough guy, any team brings in the X, whatever, all the guys scramble to YouTube, to hockey DB, to whatever it is. And I'm just always like, it's just another guy, it's just another guy wearing the other Jersey. And if I build it up too big in my own head, then uh, you do become something bigger. Right. And so yeah, yeah, sure. it started, it started with Morasti uh, when Morasti played in Marwane. I remember him playing there and I was like, I, I don't really care. Right. And then, and then I had him on the podcast and I watched his fight roll. I'm like, Oh my God. Right. Like, okay. And now I see him everywhere. And I'm like, thank God I didn't, uh, well, he didn't want to just dust me up cause that would have hurt. Like he's got a cinder block for a head and hands. And then, like I say, I come back to you and I watch it all over again. Now I start rolling through the St. Louis blues guys you played with, or were around that team. And, uh, man, you got to, to, I, a, I didn't see coach Q, um, you mentioned Pronger and McInnis and all those guys, but you know, as your career starts to go, like you're in there with, uh, the Paul Koreas of the world and the Doug Waits and the Keith Kachucks and.
2: Yeah. Bill Guerin, uh, Arnott. like we had, like, we had quite the crew. There it was just, uh, there was just, they're just had their last couple of years there. And it was the old boy crew there. Like you said, those five, five Americans there it was, uh, well, besides Korea, but it was, uh, they were fun. They were, they're a fun group. That's for sure. They, they, they stayed young anyways. Yeah.
1: Did they, did they, uh, as a young guy, that was probably pretty cool to have a little bit of a veteran leadership touring your round to all the NHL cities, I assume.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, this, and it just, they, they, just, they, 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 they we gave you so much respect to, you know what I mean? They were, they weren't the cool guys that were like, there, there is some guys that are in the league that are just too cool for school, but that, that, that whole group there, um, they, they were on each other. If someone kind of was giving them a big shoulder to one of the other guys, they they they'd, they'd hassle each other, those five guys. And they'd make sure they, they, they take care of everyone. Yeah. They, they took care of the young guys really good.
1: I know it was years after multiple, multiple years after almost a decade, I suppose, after uh, playing in St. Louis, but when St. Louis wins the cup, uh, were you cheering for him? Like, was that your team? Like, do you cheer for the Blues or just cheer it- for
2: buddies? You know what I mean. Perron was there. Like, Steen was there. Like, I mean, like there was uh, there was there was there was teammates there that I played with that were and I still like, you know what I mean. Weber's I played with Weber in Kelowna and he's he's in Montreal. Like, I you know what I mean. He's I just more more cheer for for ex teammates or buddies that I played with somewhere throughout our career, kind of thing. So there's not really a team I cheer for. I'm more I more cheer for. For the guys, right? You know what I mean. So it's just nice to see those guys do well, for sure.
1: <laughs> Speaking of Shea Weber and the Montreal Canadiens, I know they lost Game One, but are you surprised at how they're
2: doing? Yeah, I mean, like, we've all been there, and done that, right? You get it. Don't. It's a whole new game. Come that time of the year, and you get prices playing unbelievable. You get a goalie that plays plays like like he is, and and you get rolling. Like like I mentioned it earlier, it's confidence is such a such a big thing and in, in then in the game of hockey right you get you get rolling and the confidence there uh, any team out of all of them can win the cup right so you just you just got to be just like anything you got to be you want to take advantage of the highs and then roll it out as best as you can
1: who, who you got your money on who's gonna win the cup this year
2: oh i don't know i mean like vegas is looks so tough too right so i mean they they're they're so big and strong and they, they do it all right so it's uh I don't know. It's tough. I don't, I don't, I stay so busy. I don't really watch a whole lot of hockey. I, I watch some highlights and all that. But like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm open for this, for, for Montreal to, to get there. But like I said, Vegas is just, they're just so strong and big. Yeah.
1: Ryan Reeves is a guy uh, playing for Vegas. Who's uh made a name for himself. Another, not Tom Wilson, but he kind of is built the same way, so to speak. Um uh, There's yeah, a guy he was you, in St.
2: Louis when I he was, was there too. yeah.
1: Was
2: yeah. he the same guy in the minors? Yeah, well, no, he's, 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 he was, uh, he grew up a lot, he was, he had a lot of learning to when he came in as a young kid, right, he was just, uh, was like he was a kid sleeping on the table there as a young kid, I was like, what, what the heck are you doing here? you're a young kid and you're sleeping on a training room table here, like, get out of here, like, you know what I mean, like, don't don't give these guys ammo to bug you kind of stuff, like, he was just, just whatever, no, no care in the world, kind of whatever, but he grew up out of it and he, and he knew he, he figured it out pretty quick and, and it's doing him really well. Like you know what I mean, he's, he's, he's lasted a long, long time and he, he's, uh, he's in a different area right now, but he's taking advantage of it big time.
1: Yeah. Big time. He's, he's created, like he's earned himself a spot with the vet, one of the best teams in the NHL and he's very valuable to him.
2: Yeah, for, for sure. Like I said, he's, 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 he's very valuable on the team and that's the big thing, right? He's not just, he's not just there taking up a spot. He's uh they, he's a key component to their team that's for sure
1: um you mentioned Shea Weber and playing with him in Kelowna Rockets uh days back in the day that was another thing I learned about you DJ and I guess maybe I just don't follow my my hockey close enough I'm not sure but I didn't realize you'd worn a more memorial cup that's certainly not when people talk about they talk about all your fights but you had a mem cup to your name and you played with a young Shea Weber uh what was the mem cup like and I guess the second question I had is Shea Weber back then the same Shea Weber is now.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he, he, he was a man among boys back then. And, and he's still with men. He's still a man among the men. <laughs> like you know what I mean? he's, he's a beast no matter what, but you put him with, with the young kids there at uh, in, in the junior hockeys, you can get a lot of guys that can be men along among boys there in, in the, in the dub, but they come to the pro league and they, 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 they find out pretty quick. They're not, they're not as manly as they think they were, but, uh, Weber, he's a beast and he just stayed, he's just was a dominant force. No matter what, where you put him, he, he got her done for sure.
1: Did you ever yep. see him dust up the the gloves?
2: No, I, we, we played, we played against each other quite a bit there. And, uh, when he was he like, I was in St. Louis and he was in Nashville. Right. So we, we got mock it up quite a bit. I was uh, on the forecheck against him as much as I could <laughs> and I let him know, but like I said, all in good fun. Right. But it was, uh, we we're just doing our jobs. Yeah.
1: How was the Memorial cup?
2: Memorial cup was good. Yeah, I was, uh, that was 19 years old. That was, um, I was in, Lethbridge was supposed to be pretty decent, right? We had a pretty good squad, but it just kind of, it just falling apart there just before the, the trade deadline. And we, we had to make up a mind if we were going to go for it or not. And the, the coaches were the GM, the Maxwell's there treated me very well. Like they, they were the GM and coaches when I went to Lethbridge and they actually asked me if, um, what do you figure? I said, well, you guys are you guys are the bosses, but it's up to you. But if uh, I'd like to try to stick it out here, but if, if we're gonna trade me, tr- trade me to somewhere that's contending, right whatever. And so I thought I was gonna go to PA to be honest. PA was really strong that year, and PA was gonna make a big big run for the Mem Cup too. But uh, I I went to the uh, Cologne Rockets, and they were they were hosting the cup, so they were gonna be in it for sure, right? They were they were a strong force. And right on the deadline day, I was uh, I got the call at 11 o'clock to. You got to be on the. You got to be on the airplane going to Seattle to play with the Rockets. Uh, in a couple hours,
1: you are in. Uh, you're coming to Lloyd for um the
2: the NACC. We come there for July 11th to the, the 19th, and then we'll be there for the Lloyd Finals. Yeah, CPCA is going to be there. What I'm going
1: to what I'm going to try and do is I'm going to try and ask you to come in the studio. That way we can actually have uh in person. Uh, yeah for sure I mean that's, and and then, you know, got
2: all these freeze-ups and all that kind of <laughs> stuff so might be might be for the best that you sit down and in the studio kind of stuff well out at the lake right now and it's 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 pretty busy out here but I got cell phone on and it's just uh like I said it's a it's a busy place but it's freezing up every once in a while
1: how, how excited are you for the uh the truck wagon season to fire up
2: oh yeah I mean it's good I mean everyone's we we've been we've been we, we with the year off, with a different year last year, everyone's excited, and then we're having this big NACC show coming up here and in, in, in Lloyd there in the middle of July, it's it's very exciting. It's uh, the biggest thing there. It's it's the future of the sport shows some growth there. So it's uh the guys coming up into the sport, they uh they can have something to look up to for sure. So because it was it was a little gloom there for a while where we, we weren't too sure about the future, but if we can give if we give the younger generation. Some, um, something to look up to. It's uh, it, the sport will last for sure because we definitely know there's going to be fans in the stands no matter where you go. It's just, uh, just got to get some younger drivers getting in. Also,
1: I'll be interested to see how your turnout is here as everything opens up, DJ. Like, throughout the summer, I feel like I drove by a 11 year old, roughly girls' ball game the other day, and I've never seen so many people in the stands. Like, for a Tuesday night ball game, while well, you get yeah. the Chucks coming to town. And you let people in the stands, that is going to be like, we haven't had, nobody's had anything to watch at all. No. Nope. For a year, year plus. Yeah. Like, it's going to be jarred.
2: Yeah, there's, they're hungry. Everyone's hungry to do something for sure. So it's, and it's going to be right, right. Everything should open up there right around the July 11th day. There's, we're supposed to be uh, full full capacity. So it's going to be one of the first events there that people are allowed to do what it do, go full bore. And it's, uh, it's going to be exciting for sure. That's, that's the other thing, just being able to run. No matter when you can go into hockey, truck wagons, you, when you get a full crowd, it just gives you that much more excitement. It just, it just gets the heart going, that's for sure. And, and that's why we do it, right? It's just uh, it's that love of the game.
1: Well, I'll do this. We'll do the Crude Master Final Five. My my uh, goal then is uh, during July when you're in town, I'm going to try and wrestle you over to the uh, studio so we can sit in here and actually um, talk a little bit about playing with Holtby and some things about Washington because, I you know, there's a team you got to see early on in the stages. And of course they win a cup and you get to see a young Ovechkin and everything else, but that is for a different day. And by that time you'll be racing. So we'll get to talk a little, uh, truck wagons as well, but the Crewmaster final five, just five quick questions, uh, long or short as you want to go. And then I'll let you out of here. Um, what's better than a truck wagon crowd or a hockey crowd?
2: Yeah, they're both. they any any like I said. Any crowd's a good crowd. though know I mean the thing about the the truck wagon crowd. It's 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 more of a family thing, right? I mean, you you when on the hockey thing, you got your you like you've heard it how many times? Your your locker rooms, your family, and all that stuff. But in the truck wagon world, pretty much everyone's your family. It's um all your tea, all the other drivers, all the people in the stands, everything like that. It's it's uh it's 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 quite the it's quite the crew. So it's it's nice to be in front of a full crowd, but. You, you see that crowd as an, as just a big Chuck Wagon family kind of thing. Hockey is cool, but you, you more keep your dressing room as your family and you get your spectators fans. It's nice, but they're, it's not as tight as uh as the Chuck Wagon world for sure.
1: If you could do this with one guy, sit down and, uh, pick somebody's brain on their career or maybe some of their experiences, who would you take?
2: Oh, I don't know. I've, I, I, did, did that. Like we talked about earlier, that crew that I played with there and, uh, uh, St. Louis there my 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 early years with Kachuk, Garen and weight and all that kind of stuff just to just to go back and have this, this is, and Arnaud and all those guys just to be that fly on the wall again and just kind of pick their brains a little bit more you know what I mean and then, I didn't really pick their brain they just they just they just did what they did right I was just more just whatever but now that I, I'd kind of pick their brain a little bit more and learn some more about those those days for sure.
1: From one toothless guy to another toothless guy, are you ever getting the front jib fixed?
2: I keep my tooth up in my um in the in the it's in the counter at my house there and the wife always asks, I said I haven't worked for so long, it probably doesn't even I probably I, I can't talk, <laughs> but I don't put it in no more. So I just uh I just who I am now, I I won't I probably won't wear that tooth ever again.
1: And no plans yeah. to get it fixed then?
2: No, I got I mean I got it fixed. I got it fixed a couple times. I had the veneers right across once. I had the post put in. I got him knocked out. Now that I, I shouldn't be getting him knocked out would be the time to fix him now. Right. But <laughs> I just, uh, I have no, it's, it, it is what it is. I don't have, it doesn't bother me one bit. So I'll just leave it be as it is.
1: If you could go for beers with one tough guy, who would it be?
2: Go for beers?
1: Yeah. With one tough yeah. guy.
2: Yeah. Uh, ah, I I mean, like, I don't know. I to, that's a tough one too i was lucky like i always go back to the st louis thing and we had kelly chase there and tony twist and i got to get to have beers with them quite a bit that in st louis with those alumni and then and then hear their stories from their time so um I, like that's a tough one i don't even really know but i was just i was just fortunate enough i got to meet guys like like kelly chase and and tony twist there for sure they they were they were great the alumni in st louis is so strong like the you they're always everyone goes back there so i i met so many of those older generations for sure too so it was it was very very good
1: okay your final one then if there was a line brawl tomorrow you're on the ice who's the one guy do you want on your side going into it
2: one guy on my side well like uh I'd probably want the twister. It was like, you know I mean? He's, he just, he's just, just, just from what he had there on, he was, he was one crazy man too. Like, you know what I mean? He was people, he didn't even have to, like, he was tough, but there, people just didn't know what he was going to do too. So they, he had that, like, he, there's, there's guys that you're scared Ah, oh, I'll just stay away from him and I won't get hurt. But there's guys like, oh I got to like, stay like way, way away from him or else I won't get hurt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's guys who like, well, if I stay within six feet, I'll be fine. There's, there's guys on the ice like, Oh, I might be over here on the whole 200 feet away, but he, he just, you never know with him. He'll find a way to do something. Yeah.
1: Well, best of luck in the upcoming truck wagon season. Uh, thanks for hopping on DJ. And I, uh, I promise to try and track you down while you're here in Lloyd.
2: Yeah. Sounds good, bud. We'll, we'll do it again in the studio and it would be a little bit more smoother for sure.
1: Sounds good. Thanks DJ.
2: All right. Thanks bud.
1: Hey guys. I hope you enjoyed uh DJ King. I, i'm hoping in july when he's sitting in here uh sitting in lloyd minster doing the doing the chucks that i'll slide him over here maybe a couple others and and we'll have a little bit of fun in the studio uh, but man what a just uh he, he's played with some hockey players right like mem cup everything else and uh and then he's and then i mean in the show he went against some heavies like really really interesting stuff certainly hope i can get him in here for uh, a sarsaparilla or two and uh pick his brain some more because i think uh having the big man on and was a lot of fun for me and i'm sure uh, you guys sitting at home or driving in the tractor or heading to work or wherever you're at this morning uh, i'm sure you enjoyed that as well now that wasn't the end of today's episode we got uh, the double shot morgan man coming up here so we're going to slide into your t-bar one tale of the tape (laughs) Originally from Sandy Beach, Saskatchewan, he won a CIS National Championship with the Acadia Axemen, an Alan Cup with the Lloydminster Border Kings. He's a teacher and counselor in the Lloydminster Public School Division, and now the head coach of the Lakeland Rustlers female women's hockey program. I'm talking about Morgan Mann, so buckle up, here we go. <laughs> Welcome to the Sean Newman podcast. I'm joined today by Morgan Mann, uh, second time uh, for you on the podcast. It's a little, it's changed a little different uh, since the last time you're in. But first off, thanks for
0: thanks, Sean. Appreciate uh, coming back. Yeah, your office looks great.
1: Well, and and you're on the wall, good sir. Right. <laughs> now, the reason we got you in today is uh, well, I've, I've read the article in the the booster, or the the source, what have you, uh, about uh, the new team with Lakeland College. Um, I guess I'm curious about the details as well because, uh, you know, I, I did a little bit of digging on on uh, Lakeland College hockey. Uh, you know, they've been around since 1913, Lakeland College itself, mm-hmm. so over 100 years. They started out with hockey, then it just disappears. And then um, for people who've been listening to the podcast since the very beginning, dad played for the Lakeland or I guess the Vermillion Rustlers, because at that time they weren't the two campuses, and won a Centennial Hockey League Senior Championship in 1975 with with the hockey club then. But there hasn't been, I mean, th- that little brief time in history, you know, there hasn't been any college hockey, and it's kind of odd. We're you know just before we hopped on here, we were talking about how talented the area is with hockey. Well, you're a man who's been with the Steelers now for several years you're getting to see uh the women's side of it Mm -hmm. so it it, to me it's like well that makes sense like perfect sense that there's college hockey but shed some light on us for us
0: yeah um no we're super excited to 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 bring college hockey here to lloydminster and to uh to lakeland college um i need to uh to be uh caught up on some of the history of it i i i uh, i really enjoyed your dad's podcast but that that part slipped uh, i missed catching that 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 he had an error there that there was uh, the team in vermilion so i need to do a little bit of digging on that but uh no that our area is is uh, really a hockey area um and um and i think it's just a natural segue for um being an opportunity for female hockey players here in this area with being one of the six uh designated air uh spots in alberta with the alberta league the yeah, AAA a league it it makes a lot of sense and so um um within alberta with the no no borders for u18 uh, in the female league and so uh, the u18 steelers last year had players from lethbridge calgary uh banff all over alberta and so they come to Lloyd and uh, have a good experience here with the Steeler program and, and, uh, with their billet families and, and Lloyd becomes a second home. And then, so the opportunity to stay on here for players coming in or our players from the community, uh, to go to, to school here and play hockey. It's, it's great. Um, with, with eligibility being backed up through COVID the last couple of years and, uh, there's been a there's a lot of players that just didn't have an opportunity to carry on with their hockey and uh, at the college or university level so this is providing an opportunity to some a few more players to experience that so I think it's going to be a a good fit here
1: well I don't know we sit in Alberta Saskatchewan right on the border and in this part of the world hockey Canada and hockey are just like the same bloody thing right like we're a hockey haven. Everybody loves playing hockey here. Mm-hmm. And women's uh, sports are on the uptick, right? Like uh, women's hockey is definitely jumping leaps and bounds. And yet Lakeland College doesn't have a hockey uh, program mm-hmm. and hasn't for, for some time, 40-plus yeah. years, at least since right. dad played. And even then, it wasn't uh, the ACAC. It was it was a senior league, right? right? And so the fact that you're you're getting the ball rolling on, I think, is, is super cool. Now, I got to know. Are you going to play out of Vermilion? Because part of me goes, I think that'd be brilliant. Um, or are you going to try and play it out of Lloyd?
0: We're starting in Lloyd and uh, you're right. I mean, we, with the two campuses and the Vermilion campus is maybe known for being a little bit more fun as had if, uh, on, the, on the Vermilion campus possibly. Um, so that being said, I just think it's that, that campus would embrace hockey and the, the culture of what hockey is and... Um, going out to games and supporting it and having some fun at the event um and so we will although next year we're in the alberta junior female hockey league so we're not able to jump right into the acac um the the acac league requires you to have a year of exhibition and to just sort of go through some hopes yeah show that you're a legitimate team and that you have things in place it's not just a one one and done outfit and um some standards so um, initially we were a little discouraged by that thinking you know we have momentum right now there it's right now at this moment with coming out of COVID that we have girls looking for places to play hockey um, and thought we're we're missing the window here as things get going again in in our country and in our in our own community here I think there's a we're anxious to see those opportunities come back to kids and and things pick up in the community I think the timing's right there but Um, to support a team but as we got into it looking at the junior league it's a 10 team league and actually just an email came in yesterday to those of us that are involved with the team that uh, a team in the south is now asked also to join next year so it's now looking like an 11 team league which is a really healthy league Um, five in the it'd be five in the north and six in the south so and there's an all-star game and uh, a showcase weekend um, the uh, the uh, the the person in charge Glenn Ball from Sher Park he was one of the original founders of this league along um, should should mention uh, Joe Holt out of Irma uh, Irma has a, a has had a, a successful team right from the beginning of this of the of the league as well and so um, Glenn had said uh, you're going to enjoy this you know you're going to find this league's pretty darn good and uh, might just have everything you're looking for that uh, we think that you're going to uh, want to stick around and and stay with us and it's a little there's some added expenses to moving to the ACAC and our goal is still you know to get to that point because I think kids are looking to play college as, sports. as you played Sean yeah. to play college sports and to be in the college league there's something to be said for that, and so. But um, if we don't get there after year one, or we're still, we're we're just very fortunate to be in the junior league because it looks like it's going to be a, a great experience. So, um, yeah. Circling back, where, what what did you ask me originally? Well, there?
1: I, I i think it's I think it's uh, going to be interesting. You know, you know, they you mentioned that they're giving you a year of, uh, I don't know, essentially proving out that you guys are going to have a program yeah. and everything else. That happens lots in the states. Does uh, I it? Ju- yeah. I just think of the states. Lots of movement between leagues. Lots of uh, clubs, uh, t- um, schools started those club programs. Yeah. Just get their feet and bearings right. under them. Start yeah. to get a, a recruiting class, right? Yeah. Like you're starting from scratch. Right. So to hop in against schools that have been, you know, I, I don't know how many, years, how many years will the girls get to play in the ACAC, is it is it five years of eligibility, or is it is it going to be a little different than that?
0: Uh, five years, yeah. And so um, this next year won't count as a year of eligibility against them with playing in the junior league. And so um, yeah, it. Um,
1: well, it's it's a big it's a big ever moving world. So it's yeah. it, it's probably a good thing to kind of just start out as a club get sure. get your bearings. Yeah. But I mean, overall, I think you know. I, like college sports is there's a lot of fun I had there. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I bring up Vermillion because I just, uh, well, you take a look at the Lloyd landscape. You got the you got the Bobcats, you got the Bandits. You just got yeah. a lot of you got a lot of hockey. You got all right. the elite programs. Yeah, you go to Vermillion. There's no knock on Vermillion. I think it's a perfect little college town. Yeah. to have some elite hockey yeah. played right there yeah. and why not and the first hockey program in 40 plus years I think it would be yeah. a great slam dunk so we're, we're, you're playing out of the Russ Robertson and Lloyd
0: right and just to sur- like uh, and that's sorry Sean I get off topic but you uh, we will in when we join the ACAC we want to play some games in Vermilion for sure next year in respect to Irma being uh, another team in our junior league Irma's draw zone is kind of Vermilion yeah. and and girls from Lloyd, uh, when there was nothing available here, uh, would travel to Irma. So, we, the last thing we wanted to do was to add a team to the league and see another team. You know that 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 uh, took away from their ability to, to draw players. So, uh, next year we're not going to play league games in in Vermilion out of respect of of the or, you know kids coming there. There will be kids from that area playing on the yeah. Irma team. So it's yeah this might be a bit of a conflict of interest.
1: The reason I'm laughing is I saw Dad's question to you, because I called Dad because I wanted to ask him about what years he played. Yeah. And he asked, he goes, you should ask Morg if they're going to run with the same ugly yellow buckets and <laughs> yellow pants they had back in the in the 70s. Yeah, I assume you haven't got to uniforms or anything just yet.
0: We, we have, actually. Um, we're going with green pants and green buckets. But <laughs> hearing that, I, I'm big on traditions and uh, playing homage to the the past and the history of things. So I'm wondering if we tell your dad we just might look into to Well, uh, you're telling him right now <laughs> cuz you know dad's chuckling as he hears <laughs> okay. us. Okay. We just that's that's good to know actually. We might uh, follow that one up.
1: Well, he was telling me uh if there's anyone from Lakeland College listening. He was telling me that he goes he goes into all these He was telling me about the Centennial Hockey League. He said it's now defunct. It hasn't been going for a while, but it had Lacklabeish Vermillion, Vermillion actually had the college team and Uh, A senior team from Vermillion, yes. Uh, Two Hills, St. Paul, Elk Point is what he figured. And he said, you know, following me around in senior hockey, he always looks for these old centennial banners and he can't find them because he said the first year they won it. A bunch of college kids playing in a men's league. He said they'd walk into Two Hills and have a a bench-clearing brawl. (laughs) And then they'd walk into Elk Point and the same thing. And I'm going like... It's kind of funny, right? A yeah. bunch of 18, 19, 20-year-old kids going into a senior league. Yeah. I mean, Not that's, easy to do.
0: As we know, jumping into senior out no. of junior is... Uh, that's a big step.
1: Well, if you find anything on the Centennial Hockey League, you'll have to throw it my way so yeah. I can I can tell Dad. But, uh, no, super cool. The other thing that's uh, interesting about what you're, what you're uh, having to do is instead of it being, uh, you know, I'm just thinking when I went to college, they had funding from the college to run the sport. Right. It's gonna be fun from the community. So yeah. you're in the middle of uh uh trying to drum up some money essentially to mm-hmm. try and make this thing. How's that going?
0: Oh that's the that's the hardest part of of the whole process of putting a team together, recruiting players and uh working with a, a great group of people from the community that are giving their time to we're at the Russ Robertson, so we had to find a, a portable dressing room um, that uh, richard Klinger donated to us to an old office not an old it's a a relatively new uh oil field office unit that we convert into a dressing room and those pieces and the conversations with the college and the city of lloyd minster have all been terrific it's uh you're meeting new people and new yeah. relationships it's it's fun to be involved in those things but the hardest part is for sure trying to go out and and uh and find the money to to uh to run the team Um, yeah it is new Um, it would be it will be the only team of its kind in Alberta that's uh, especially in hockey I think in all the well it is in all of the college athletics and the ACAC will be the only team that's funded from the community Um, I think it's a model that's as things tighten up through the 80s uh, colleges and universities got 80% of their funding um, came from the government. Now I believe it's less than 50 percent. Now don't quote me exactly on those numbers. Just the point is, things are tight, um, and it's we the things that we're we've gone through a, a period of uh, in in Alberta and Saskatchewan and in our community where um, the economy's been tough, and and so uh, the money's not there from our own exhibition uh center and lloyd the exhibition grounds i mean they felt uh, that they rely on government funding and, and it's been hard for them too so um lethbridge both their male and female hockey programs are uh, a year ago were canceled laurentian in ontario uh shut down so i think i, I unfortunately where i think we'll see more programs coming to an end um but sometimes through these things, and and just like I I hear talk of some friends in the in the oil community here in Lloydminster that talk about now that oil prices have jumped back up, and I'm I'm in an area or an area that I I don't know that much about, but um, just the comment that make doing right well or doing very well at the moment with the surge in the oil prices, just because they they've their house or their business, or however you want to frame it, is they've had to clean up what they do and, and you know, uh, um, just be very responsible uh, with where money's spent. And, uh, and now, you know, it, sometimes periods of struggle allow you opportunities then to grow. And so um, I think that uh, with, with it tightening up for supporting sports, that maybe sometimes there's there's def- definitely hockey teams even in Canada where some players are, are going to school and even making a little bit money of money. Now, that's not in the ACAC or uh, the collegiate level of, of what we're playing, but uh, I know some men's teams uh, in Canada where um, players are coming out of the Western League with pretty good packages and uh, the package they're getting from the universities to go play there or have them leaving, making money now? Is that really necessary? Um, so that it means that programs are being shut down? I'm not sure if it does.
1: Hmm. Well, you got your work cut out for him mm-hmm. because you know if you just had to walk in and coach a team, that'd be yeah. one thing. But yeah. You're gonna wear you're gonna wear several hats this year. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I guess the question is that I got for you: is Why I'm work? Why are you leading this one? Right? Like, I mean. <laughs> It's, i don't mean you're an old guy by any stretch but <laughs> you could have just stepped back and and like is there were you like this is something i think would yeah. be healthy for our community like a yeah. if you can get it to run mm-hmm. of course it's gonna be healthy for our community but you know like, i always come back to yeah. you know people ask you know you were just asking me about the bike trip like yeah. why it's yeah like, i don't know I, yeah i oh, kind of got this weird drive in me that i yeah. want to go do something
0: oh it's a great question um and I I uh I do have moments of sometimes asking myself the same question but um I I suppose there's a number of factors I mean I I do really love co- I still love coaching at school I I like coaching teams where everybody makes the team I have a rugby and wrestling program that uh everybody makes the team and and so if you have the courage to come out there and stand your ground on a rugby pitch uh fantastic it it's uh and uh it's not overly supported we don't have a, we don't have a lot of parents coming out to to watch the games but what i see from young people in that sport how uh, it's a confidence builder and um how it can you know change their how it can sometimes what it can do for young people's mental health to uh to you know to connect and build relationships with other people through sport and um, combative sports can kind of—it seems to do galvanize. Something, yeah, does does something to make teams or people even closer. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I really enjoy that part. Uh, and I, even last year with COVID and and the politics of and it's an everything of hockey and the, sometimes the stress of dealing with, um. You know the boards or organizations that you're dealing with the political parts of the game can be I, I that is that's i don't find i'm i suppose nobody finds that much fun really but going out on the ice and pra- practicing or skating or seeing the uh, young people working hard and and being good to each other and and uh, the commitment and like our team last year was just a terrific group you you come to a seven o'clock practice, and every single player was ready and dressed and standing by the gate at ten to seven, and then hit the ice. You know, just just with all the effort and uh, and wor- and work that you you could ask for as a coach. That's selfishly that's pretty rewarding to be involved with those types of people. And I mean, and and then the other piece. I mean. And teaching is kind of this way too. Teaching and coaching are the same in the sense that um, those those relationships with young people and guiding them through that time through sport or school, at uh, um, as they go on and have go into their own professions and have their their families, and and uh, that you still you can when you see each other at the rink or the the grocery store or at their. Now for me, now I'm some. I'm. I've even had my first grandchild of my first student to come through, and to have grandpa come back as somebody I taught, and that was a a good experience for them. That's reward. That's the the bonus in the job.
1: Yeah, that's. I I always. uh, If I go back to when I had you and Merv on, the way you guys talk about uh, coaching and teaching kids well i've got to witness it right it's like super unique i think right so you have a gift when it comes to stepping on the ice or stepping in front of a class i assume i i love uh you know whether it was murray mcdonnell or uh mr armstrong when they got talking because i wasn't a guy who played rugby or uh football where you have these large teams Mm -hmm. and very few cuts if any and uh and hearing your the way you guys talk about that and seeing how kids respond to all that is like really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And I I always, I think it was, goes back to what we were talking about before we started was uh, you get to sports as a way to put stress on people. And when you put stress on people, you get to see how everybody reacts to said stress. Yeah. And that pulls people closer. Yeah. Especially when you're all pulling in the right direction. And if you got the right guy at the helm Mm -hmm. who can balance all the the kids, you know, emotions and everything else, Mm -hmm. like, Yourself or Merv, you know, we're too fantastic that I, I got coached by Merv as a young kid, him yeah. and JP Kelly, right? Yeah. And to balance all the the horses in the stable, so to speak, mm-hmm. is is really um, something, you know, we both played a lot of hockey. So we, you just, you understand the teamwork aspect of it. Yeah. And that's what you, you get to stick along doing. So mm-hmm. being the head coach of the wrestlers and, and hopefully guiding that program for the next couple of years. Yeah. You're getting to kind of keep your hand on, yeah. being involved in that way.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I, I know I'll enjoy it and working with with great people. And so, um, it's it's uh, it's good to be busy. And <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah, I can't wait till game one and in, in the Russ Robertson Arena. And I've uh, I've said to my father in law Doug, who's handling all of our uh, uh, Doug's handling all the academic end of any of our students that are you know that's as most high school I mean he does that at Holy Rosary that's a, as a uh, academic counselor but um, that can be uh, a bit intimidating for kids to try and that step from going from high school to college there's a lot of figuring out with that so having somebody that's helping with that transition and knows the staff at Lakeland College and connecting them to the right people and Checking up on them to make sure things are sorted out—it's priceless. Uh, anyway, I said to him that that uh, game one, uh, the national anthem's going to be playing, and and we'll look around and feel like, <clears throat> yep, that's it's been all been worth it, and and uh, we're you know looking forward to that moment.
1: Well, I just, I don't know. I'm a hockey purist. Just imagine you're talking the national anthem. I'm just thinking of seeing the rustlers jersey, yeah, on a bunch of women. In the hockey rink, right? Yeah. Like, obviously, we got national championships in, like, volleyball. Uh, Chris King in the basket, women's basketball program has mm-hmm. been fantastic. I know their futsal program. And, like, they got some very, very strong programs. Yeah. It just makes sense that the hockey guy in me has always wanted, you know. I yeah. I, I told Dad I once applied for uh, assistant athletic director of Lakeland college. This is a long time ago now, Yeah. Like, probably yeah. seven, eight years ago. Yeah. And they asked me, what what would you want to see done in your tenure? If you've got the position like hockey, yeah. simple. Yeah. Let's get hockey going yeah. here. Like that's yeah. it's the greatest sport in my mind. Yeah. And we don't have it. No. And now you're bringing it. And so when you get to that point, mm-hmm. dang rights, you're going to have a big old grin on your face. Yeah.
0: No, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll be good. Really good.
1: Well, uh, before I let you go, uh, is there I know you're probably a looking for sponsors, people to get involved, anything like that. Um, how do people find you and uh, I'm assuming email, phone number, something like that, Mark.
0: Um, And I'm I'm not uh, we have a couple people on so the Lakeland College is helping us out with some with their social media and have a face page or Facebook page uh, dedicated to our hockey team and um, my cousin Jesse. Uh, and uh, and my wife Leah are looking after the social media for our hockey team, so they have some stuff like uh, set up and on Facebook and Instagram and and uh, I don't know, <laughs> that's not my world. The <laughs> I just want to coach the X's and O's. At, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, we have a we have a sponsorship package that we're um, that we put together in uh, conjunction with the college that we're we're out to speaking to people actively with, about you know, yeah trying to see do, if there's if, interest If i'm in, a
1: business and i'm listening to this right now and i go oh i wouldn't mind getting involved do you how do they how do they find you to get the sponsorship package
0: uh, give me a call What's or your, oh. or and i and i sh- then my number should be on the the Facebook page. I should be more prepared for that question. No,
1: to, that's all right. That's all right. I'll say this. If anyone listening wants to get involved, you can shoot me a message too on social media because I can connect steer you to, to more. Yep, that's that's an easy easy thing. Now, your final one before I let you perfect. out of here. Who's winning the Stanley Cup playoffs?
0: Oh, after game one of uh, between Vegas and, Montreal. and Colorado, I thought Oh, Colorado. I okay. thought Colorado. Um, boy, I, I sure think that that could be an interesting, their mobile quick, puck moving defenseman which is being a bit of a trend now in uh, in hockey in the end vegas was their their heavy their heavy heaviness up front and uh it was just too much for those d that the turnovers they caused and so anyway um i i'm now i'm now picking vegas
1: well i gotta talk about kale mccarr for two minutes like yeah. i'm a small mobile d-man or i once was i've gained a few pounds since my playing days but when I was playing, that's what I was, a small, smart, mobile D-man. And I always said, or I always had in my mind, if I was six foot, I would have been in the NHL, ha, ha, ha. And then I watched Kale McCarr dance around the ice, and he's, what, 21 years old, 22 years old, 21, somewhere in there? Yeah. And he looks like he's a 30, like a 10-year vet of the NHL. He is, like, he's going to win the the Norris Trophy this year, is he yeah. not?
0: Yeah. Uh, he's He's very impressive, isn't he?
1: And he played in the AJHL. Yeah. No, like, that's cool. And he steps in the NHL and he's just like yeah. dancing. And he's got, like, I don't know. Was he
0: 15 or 16 when he played here in the RBC Cup? 16? 16, I want to say. Yeah. You were just speaking of the coach from Brooks. I mean, he...
1: its Yeah, he's had He's, he's yeah. been
0: able to find a few of those players. I know uh, Oscar Plandowski, Daryl Plandowski's yeah. boy, um, they... Uh, they recruited him heavily and had his had him out in his jersey. And yeah. uh, I mean, he he chose the the Q. the uh, the Quebec Major Junior League, but gave serious thought to going to Brooks. And he's, he's ranked to go in the third round. I mean, they 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 attract some of the top end players.
1: Well, I mean, Kale McCarr is a just a perfect sale piece for Brooks now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah, he's yeah. gonna. He, Man, I was like when they showed up at the nominations, like just watching him play you know, him playing in Colorado, especially this year. We got mm-hmm. a lot of the North Division, so if you wanted Colorado you had to kinda yeah. search it out. But seeing him in prime time in the playoffs versus Vegas, like he just does things as a defenseman mm-hmm. that are like, oh man, yeah. that is fun to watch. Yeah. That, that is fun to watch.
0: Yeah. No one a high level of compete too, eh? Like Yeah at times it almost seems like trying to do too much but i think when you're down and you're trying to you know they they got in in a bad spot they're trying chasing and and yeah. so then you do you're guilty of trying to you're better you're better to be trying to do too much than not enough for sure but he uh he's special
1: um i got to i got to throw at you New York Islanders can't get by Tampa and like with Barry Trotz at the helm look at that team look at what they've been doing
0: yeah that's who I I would love to see that scenario. I'd like. I mean, I, I ex- Barry what uh, Trotz has done. I mean, I think he's arguably the best coach in the NHL. Like what he did in Nashville. I mean, what then to go and win with Washington. Like that's really cool to see the success he's having in his demeanor and being a Saskatchewan boy. And like, there's a lot to cheer about with Barry Trotz. There, they, they're playing a great game. I'd love to see them get by Tampa.
1: Well. Wow. And for Lou Lamorello to be kind of steered out of Toronto. Yeah. And then for Barry Trost to be steered out of Washington after yeah. he wins a cup. Yeah. And then them both go to the New York Islanders yeah. and lose John Tavares.
0: A couple of savvy vets.
1: Oh, man. And yeah. then to just watch them play. And I wish, I don't know, I forget what story I read, but I, 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 read, I read a story on, it was about soccer over in Spain. And I, one of the all-time winningest coaches, and I know my viewership doesn't know nothing about soccer, just like I don't. But it, the story was cool. It was talking about this coach went into a losing program and said, you got to adopt. They had no fans. They, they just were a stinker. So you got to adopt your 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 city. It wasn't it was,
0: Ted Lasso. Uh, it might have been. Did he adopt it? <laughs> have you seen that TV series? No, God, no. Oh, you got to watch it. Oh, you're making fun now. <laughs> and I'm, like, I, I'm showing like, I know zero about <laughs> soccer. He
1: talks about going into a blue collar town. And you got to have blue collar players. Yeah. And when I watch the New York Islanders, I go, I wish they were the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. Because they play a hard style yeah. of hockey. They still got their talent.
0: Yeah. They still got. Uh, yeah. The That's big, fair. Right? Philly. Right. The broads. I mean. They the, embrace the, it. The, the city loved their their Flyers because they they recognize the spirit of Philadelphia in their hockey players. Now I'm gonna be annoyed, Ted Lass, yeah. so I'm gonna like I'm gonna have to go <laughs> yeah, look yeah. that up. I look I, like a real it, jackass. It'll, <laughs> it'll be time well spent. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: thanks for coming on. Best of best of luck with the Lakeland uh, the wrestlers. Yeah, I hope that goes. I uh, will pencil in when is the first game if everything goes smoothly. When the league's
0: uh, league starts October first, so f- whether it's a home or away weekend, I'm not sure yet or home game. But league starts then. We'll try and have a couple of exhibition games through September. But uh, we'll let you in, when our first home game. We hope to hope to see out there. I'll just mention in the sponsorship stuff too. Yeah, you, sure. Sorry, Sean that. Uh, we're still looking for a naming sponsor too like a, so our team to be uh that sponsor that goes is synonymous with the name of the, the our wrestler program and so our kind of our big title sponsor so anybody interested in that we're looking the Sean Newman podcast <laughs> yeah. rustlers exactly yeah <laughs> so doesn't that sound good it sounds good I don't think I can afford it just yet
1: <laughs> well thank you sir for for yeah. coming on and uh, and thanks sharing a little lot, bit it. best of luck I think it's super cool yeah and uh, with you at the helm I'm sure you guys will be uh, a feisty team for sure <laughs> if nothing else
0: right on thanks Sean appreciate it
1: hey folks thanks for joining us today if you just stumbled on the show please click subscribe then scroll to the bottom and rate and leave a review. I promise it helps. Remember, every Monday and Wednesday, we will have a new guest sitting down to share their story. The Sean Newman Podcast is available for free on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and wherever else you get your podcast fix. Until next time. Hey, Keeners. I hope uh, you enjoyed today's episode. I don't normally do uh, two-in-ones, but with Father's Day around the corner, I just went... You know, Morgan Mann uh, talking about being on, uh, you know, the Lakeland College, uh, the news with Lakeland College, I thought was pertinent to get out. Um, And then with with Father's Day on on Sunday, I plan on having Dad on for for Monday's episode, and I didn't want to, I was trying to figure out how how to go about uh, doing that. So I just figured, well, simple, we'll put them together. And uh, I knew I didn't have DJ for long, and I knew I didn't have Morgan for long. So together, uh, you know, they combined for a nice little episode. But normally we don't do the double shot. It's it's uh, normally I like to give if you're getting one, you're getting one, not multiple. But it has happened a couple times, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Right, I got to give a shout out to Paul Days uh used to go to school with paul so wherever you're at paul listening today i do appreciate you uh listening and reaching out he said really killing it at the podcast game i've been tuning in lately had to go back and listen to ken rutherford's interviews don't know him but what a solid upstanding guy we all need a ken rutherford as a friend and a role model uh, for what manliness truly is i know i have my version (laughs) and he laughs out loud loving it keep it up and keep Ken coming back. So I thought that was uh, that was a pretty cool little shout-out from Paul So Where are you at, Paul? Thanks for listening. If you're the champ, uh, sorry, big shooter, I don't think you'll be golfing with me anytime soon. Uh, it looks like you're nursing your wound now or uh, just abusing it, one of the two. Uh, I'm not sure when you're getting back to golfing, but uh, keep, uh, keep at it, good sir, and you probably won't be golfing this summer. So stop with the, the manual labor on a bum rest. <laughs> anyways to the rest of you have a great week we'll catch up with you uh uh monday i should throw one last thing in there it is father's day sunday so for the love of god do something for your dad without him uh we all or you wouldn't be here i know for sure i wouldn't be here and some of the advice he's given me along the way has been gold so i look forward to sitting down with dad and and uh Getting to have a little Father's Day, which, uh, you know, I I hope you all get to sit down and have a a chat with your dad and and show him some love and, I don't know, throw a couple beers at him, maybe take him for a round of golf, whatever you guys do. Have some fun. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll catch up to you Monday. All right?